Nats Chat is brought to you by Walters. Make Walters your pregame stop before this Saturday night's D.C. United match at Audi Field. Register at waltersdc.com slash events and receive a free old-time logger for doing so. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Set for McGill, first pitch. Swing and a ground ball to short, runner breaks for the plate, but Lindor missed the ball. It trickles into left center field. Alou is chugging for second, and he's going to make it. And the Nationals lead 2 to nothing. Here's the set. The runner's on the move, the pitch. Swing and a line drive to the gap, right center field, it's down. Scoring is Canna. Beatty will score. Nimmo rounding third, coming home. Abrams, a late throw to the plate, is not in time. Throw to second, and Lindor is safe there. Mets lead 3-2. A base is clear for Lindor, and the Nationals' lead is gone, and the Mets are in front for the first time. And welcome to Nats Chat for Saturday, May 13th, 2023. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. Mark Zuckerman is off for this installment of the podcast. And so it is you, it is me, and uh, we have a one-run Nats loss to discuss, a 3-2 loss to the New York Mets at Nationals Park on Friday night in game one of a four-game series. Uh, the Nats in this game did blow a 2 nothing sixth-inning lead. Uh, they fell to 16-22. and 22. Do not forget to check out our new website, NatsChatPodcast.com, which allows you to listen to previous installments of the show, contact the show, and order a NatsChat Podcast t-shirt. Also, if you have like 20 seconds to spare, please consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Uh, the five-star ratings do help out the podcast a lot. I'll get to the Nats offense in a bit, but Friday night was a Mackenzie Gore night, and uh, boy, did he have a bizarre outing. So Gore did not allow a run, but he lasted for just four innings, and it's not like he got injured. Why just the four innings? Because Gore, over those four scoreless innings, threw an astounding 96 pitches. Yeah, (laughs) 96 pitches over four innings. He threw 58 strikes versus 38 balls. The pitch count was what doomed Mackenzie Gore. Not what the Mets did against Gore in terms of hits and walks, although the Mets did do a really good job of driving up Gore's pitch count. But Gore in this game, I mean, it's not like he got rocked. Uh, He gave up five hits, but all of them were singles. He issued two walks. He recorded three strikeouts. 
he just was not at his best in terms of pitch efficiency, okay? And uh, I'm uh, understating things in saying that. But you know what? Like, in that regard, give Mackenzie Gore a lot of credit for tossing four scoreless innings in a game in which he clearly was not at his best. Because, you know, this very easily could have been like five runs in four innings. Gore in the top of the first somehow (laughs) did not allow a run despite allowing three consecutive batters to reach base with two outs, including issuing back-to-back two-out walks of Pete Alonso and Tommy Pham to load the bases. Mackenzie Gore in the top of the first on Friday night threw a whopping 37 pitches. I mean, think about that. 37 pitches in the top of the first, and yet Gore (laughs) did not allow a run. But that 37-pitch first inning really did set the tone for the rest of Gore's outing. Uh, He tossed a scoreless top of the second despite giving up two singles. He tossed a scoreless top of the third despite giving up two singles. And at this point, you were like, okay, I mean, how much longer is Gore going to be able to stay in this game with the way that his pitch count is going? He did then toss a perfect top of the fourth, but Nats manager Davey Martinez uh, had little choice but to pull Mackenzie Gore. He battled. He gave us as much as he could possibly give him, but I can't send him back out there, you know, 95 pitches. 96 pitches over four innings, but again, they were scoreless innings. Uh, His ERA went down. Gore now in this 2023 regular season, eight starts, an ERA of 329, but his whip is 146. He is putting guys on base, especially via the walk. His walks for nine innings is at 461. You know, this game on Friday night took three hours, 10 minutes. That is long for this season with the pitch clock system. Neither starting pitcher was uh, pitch efficient. Met starter Ty McGill, two runs, one earned in five innings, 93 pitches. How about Mets reliever David Robertson? One and two-thirds scoreless innings, 40 pitches, just 20 strikes versus 20 balls. And if you watch the game, Robertson was laboring, man. He was constantly rubbing his hands and rubbing his forehead and trying to get a good grip on the ball, and he just looked all out of sorts. He was lucky to throw scoreless innings in this game as opposed to giving up multiple runs. But, you know, Nats relievers had some problems too. Four Nats relievers on Friday night combined to allow three runs in five innings. Uh, Andres Machado got charged with two runs in one and two-thirds innings. He, in what ended up being a three-run Met six. Gave up a uh, first pitch leadoff single by Starling Marte to center field and then gave up an opposite field double by Mark Canna on what was a bad luck result for Machado. This was a weekly hit ball, but the ball went to no man's land in shallow right field near the right field line. Machado, to his credit, did then make a nice defensive play, fielded a comebacker. Swinging a chopper back to the mound. Runner breaks for the plate. Machado throws home. Ruiz blocks the plate. Puts the tag down on Marte for the out. And uh, credit catcher Kate Bert Ruiz, a nice reception of the baseball and a nice tag to get the out. But then came the latest struggles for Carl Edwards Jr. He just has not looked well lately. Edwards on Friday night faced three batters, got just one out, came into the game in the top of the sixth, with runners on second and third, two outs, and the Nats holding a 2-0 lead. He issued a walk, a five-pitch walk of Brandon Nimmo to load the bases, and then came the big blow. Edwards giving up a two-out, full-count, bases-loaded, three-run single by Francisco Lindor to right center field for a 3-2 Mets lead. Yeah, all three runners scored on what was technically a single, although Lindor 
did end up advancing to second base. The Nats did not get the ball back into the infield in uh, ultra quick fashion on that hit. But yeah, big blow by Lindor off Edwards. You know, Carl Edwards Jr. is an example of why you can't judge relievers solely on their ERAs. He, for this regular season, has an ERA at 240. I mean, that's good, right? But he also has a whip of 140. That's not so good. And he's issuing a lot of walks, nine walks in 15 innings. That walk in Nimmo on Friday night was big. The Nats bullpen, the rest of the game was good. Erasmo Ramirez, a perfect top of the seventh and then a perfect top of the eighth, and Hunter Harvey tossed a uh, scoreless top of the ninth. Hey, are you a law firm partner stuck on an underperforming team while the rest of the competitors are spending big and winning big? Well, unlike Mackenzie Gore and Kate Ruiz, you have options. You don't have to stay on your 60-win team. Nat Chat sponsor Mason Kalfis and his team specialize in placing partners and associates at medium-sized and large law firms in Washington, D.C. and across the country. Mason Kalfas has recruiters in six states and has placed lawyers in more than half of the 100 largest law firms in the United States. While you may be reading doom and gloom from the legal press, many practices are red-hot antitrust, IP litigation, white-collar litigation, finance and direct lending, and health care. Because you are not under a CBA or team control for six years, in fact, staying at a firm too long is often a recipe for being underpaid. Explore your options today with Mason Kalfas. Call Mason today at 202-486-3535. That number again, 202-486-3535. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pitch swung on, lifted in the air again for the left field line. Alou on the run, closing, closing. He dives. Oh, he made the catch. He rolls over. Jake Alou holds on. A spectacular diving backhanded catch for his first catch in the outfield. 
Well, the Nats pitching in this 3-2 loss to the Mets on Friday night certainly uh, was not perfect, but ultimately the Nats scored just two runs, okay? So the margin of error for the pitching was uh, rather slim. The Nats for this game, just four hits. That's it, four hits. Now, the Nats did work six walks. That's really good, but totaling just four hits, not good. The Nats had a double and three singles, went just one for nine with runners in scoring position. This was yet another homerless game for the Nats. I know that we talk about the Nats' lack of home runs a lot, but, you know, we should. I mean, this is a big problem, and the numbers are jarring. The Nats now, for this regular season, 29th out of 30 major league teams in home runs with just 24. Think about that home run total, a team home run total of 24. The Nats have played 38 games, have just 24 home runs. The Nats are in danger of not even hitting a hundred home runs as a team for this regular season. Think about that. The Nats on Friday night scored a run in the uh, bottom of the first and then scored a run in the bottom of the fourth. Bottom of the first, Luis Garcia, a one-out walk, and he then stole second base. And then Joey Manessis, a two-out first pitch, opposite field, RBI single to shallow right center field for a 1-0 Nats lead. Bottom of the fourth, Alex Call, a leadoff full count, opposite field double to the right center field gap. And he then scored on a one-out fielding error by Mets shortstop Francisco Lindor, who failed on a backhanded attempt to catch a grounder off the bat of Jake Alou. Call did have two hits. He is an at starting center fielder and number seven batter, two for four with the double and a single. And I mentioned Jake Alou. He had his first career hit. Uh, that was a nice moment. Alou as an at starting left fielder and number nine batter, one for three with a single and a walk. He in the bottom of the second, a two out opposite field single through the left side of the infield for his first major league regular season hit. And he then stole second base. And Alou in the bottom of the ninth, drew a two-out walk. You know, the Nats in that bottom of the ninth did threaten. If you were watching the game, you may have been thinking we were in for another ninth inning comeback by the Nats. I know that I had that thought watching the game, but uh, Jamer Candelario drew a leadoff full count walk despite having been down to the count at 1.12. Alou drew the two-out walk. The Nats were in business in that bottom of the ninth inning, but also in the bottom of the ninth were uh, swinging strikeouts by Alex Cole, C.J. Abrams, and Lane Thomas. Although Cole got jobbed. Two ridiculous (laughs) called strikes on what were clearly balls. So that did happen. But the Nats' offense ultimately nowhere near good enough in this game on Friday night. Game two for the Nats against the Mets Saturday afternoon at 4.05. Trevor Williams, will be the Nats starting pitcher, and he'll be looking to bounce back. 9-8 win at the Arizona Diamondbacks this past Sunday. Williams in that game, five runs in four and a third innings. He overall has done well for the Nats this season, but he is not coming off a good outing. All right, while we have a few minutes, a few Nats items from Friday prior to Friday night's game. Left fielder Corey Dickerson, he on Friday night began a rehab assignment with AAA Rochester. Dickerson has been out for well over a month. The Nats on April 2nd put Dickerson on the 10-day injured list with a left calf strain. Uh, He suffered that in his uh, first regular season start for the Nats. Uh, 7-1 loss to the Atlanta Braves at Nationals Park on April 1st. Going to be really interesting when Dickerson is healthy and when Victor Robles is healthy. What the Nats do in the outfield in terms of Dickerson and Alex Cole. And if those guys play well, does that result in less playing time for Robles? Uh, The Nats... This past Monday, put Robles on the 10-day injured list retroactive to Sunday with back spasms. Also, MLB Pipeline, it on Friday came out 
with the outlet's latest ranking of the top 100 prospects in baseball. The Nats in that top 100 have five prospects as third baseman Brady House is back to being a top 100 prospect. So good news there. The Nats' five top 100 prospects are outfielder James Wood, number 13, outfielder Robert Hassel III, number 28, outfielder Elijah Green, number 37, pitcher Cade Cavalli, number 48, and third baseman Brady House, number 100. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) House just got in there at number 100, but he is in there. Uh, The Nats took Brady House with the number 11 overall pick in the 2021 MLB Draft out of a high school in Georgia. He, in the 2022 season, ended up playing in just 45 games for the uh, low-A Fredericksburg Nationals, uh, the Fred Nats, uh, this due to a back injury. Uh, He, in that 2022 season, registered 202 plate appearances for the Fred Nats, had an OPS of 731. I mean, nothing special. But he, in this 2023 season for the Fred Nats, had an OPS of 887 as of this uh, new top 100 coming out. So good to see Brady House back on track. He had been a shortstop, but the Nats have moved him to third base due to C.J. Abrams, uh, in theory, being the Nats' long-term shortstop. Big picture, it is exciting to think about what the Nats could have. Kbert Ruiz at catcher, Brady House at third base, C.J. Abrams at shortstop, Luis Garcia at second base, an outfield of James Wood, Robert Hassel III, and Elijah Green, a rotation that features Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray and Cade Cavalli and perhaps current LSU pitcher Paul Skeens, who the Nats are expected to take with the number two overall pick in the 2023 MLB draft. The expectation is that the Pittsburgh Pirates with the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft are going to take LSU outfielder Dylan Cruz. Uh, Both Cruz and Skeens look like they are going to be superstars. So either the Nats are going to get themselves Skeens or the Nats are going to get themselves Cruz. Either way, it doesn't look like you'll be losing. I know the MLB draft can be really unpredictable, but Cruz and Skeens look like outstanding prospects. But yeah, it is exciting to think about what the Nats could be in a few years. And speaking of that, did you read the column by Thomas Boswell for the Washington Post. Now, Boswell is retired, but he does still write every now and then. And he wrote an upbeat, optimistic column on the Nats. So the piece came out on Friday. Headline, quote, these Washington Nationals are scrappy, fun, and on their way back up, end quote. But the reason that I'm bringing up the column is not so much the message in the column, but something notable in the column. Uh, the something notable is from Nats President of Baseball Operations and General Manager Mike Rizzo. Now, Boswell has a very good relationship with Rizzo. Uh, Rizzo has given Boswell stuff over the years. And Boswell in this column says that Rizzo, if slash when he wants to make a significant signing in free agency to boost the rebuild, will be allowed to do so. Quote, when or if the Nats eventually approach 500, they will do what they did in 2011 when they signed Jason Wirth as a free agent. Each year, as they see who panned out and who didn't, they will add a piece or two, end quote. Now, technically, the Nats signed Jason Wirth in 2010, uh, signed him in December 2010, but you get the idea. His first season with the Nats was that 2011 season. But my guess is that Thomas Boswell wrote that 
off being told that by Mike Rizzo, off being told by Rizzo that Rizzo has been told by ownership, by Nats managing principal owner Mark Lerner, that if the Lerners continue to own the team, and of course that is an if, but if that does continue to be the case, Rizzo will be allowed to spend some money when the time is right. Now, of course, we shall see. But I tell you what, whatever you want to say about the learners, and a lot can be said, but whatever you want to say about the learners, they have shown that they will spend on players. Know this, the Nats per Cots baseball contracts ranked in the top 10 in Major League Baseball in year-end 40-man payroll in each of eight consecutive seasons, 2013 through 2020. Not a lot of ownerships and MLB can say something like that. The learners can, and they do deserve credit for that. You tell us what you think. Hit us up on Twitter, at Nats underscore chat. You can email the podcast, NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com, including if you would like to sponsor the Nats Chat Podcast. We'd love to have you on board. Email Tim Shovers at NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, at Nats Chat Podcast. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 106.7 The Fan. A thank you to Tim Newmark for the music for the Nats Chat Podcast. Uh, Visit timnewmark.com. I'm Al Galdi. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast. Now the pitch. Swing and a line drive through the left side. The first major league hit for Jake Alou. Up with the ball is the left fielder Fame. He'll play it in towards second base, and the Nationals will call for the ball as Jake Ellu, in his second big league game and his first at bat, can relax now. He has his first major league hit, a bullet through the left side of the infield. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.